Professor, and I'm here with Bucky, and we're the classiest podcast hosts on the internet. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> You're not included, DJ. <laughs> I was just going to say, and we, and we got the retarded droid in the background, <laughs> cackling. <laughs> anyway, our first topic for tonight is Google I.O. They have unleashed a lot of new information about their machine learning this week. Mm. My favorite part of it is the new uh, Google Assistant who can make your phone calls for you and speaks in a natural voice, which is a little bit terrifying. <laughs> can we get that for um, DJ? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Finally have him speak in a natural voice. And actually even more interesting is the fact that um, Google Assistant has got a manners chip in it. It does. Um, in amongst all the articles with all the information that they've been releasing, there's sort somewhere here. Um, Google's assistant to include up. It's got an update on it that includes manners. So yeah, part of the um, Google assistant thing. So it, it even has a Johnny Legend voice pack. Who is Johnny Legend? Um, famous R&B. He's a famous R&B singer. Okay, well, can't be that famous. You don't want to know him. Well, he. He is, it, well, what was his last song? All I Need. <laughs> no. All of Me, that's 2013. He was also, he was also recently um, in Jesus Christ Superstar. I think you start saying Mayday, Mayday, Mayday. I'm crashing and burning. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Man, yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole premise of trying to push it, he must be famous, even though we don't know him. Oh, it's no, ridiculous no, to some of those rap stars that they got out there. Or is it little, little weed, little idiot, little numbnuts and little moron? <laughs> the new, new Seven Dwarves. Go look at the, go look at those rap stars that today. And they're all little. They are. <laughs> little, little Bow Wow. Oh, no, no. He's not, he's not little, little anymore. Little Tiger. He's, little Wayne. Oh, no, no. Little Bow Wow's not little Bow Wow anymore. He's now Bow Wow. And I think he dropped rapping and is now acting now. Oh, so he's grown up, has yeah, he's, he's got he's got the big boy pants. So. What about Snoop Dogg, where he decided he was going to be Snoop Lion, and then he decided he could handle that level of responsibility? <laughs> well, and then, but let's just not go there. Fair enough. Well, there's just so much stupidity and idiocy. But getting back, yeah, um, with all the information for the IA, yeah, what else is there apart from? The fact that it's got manners and well, they have smart photo uh, retouching okay. based on machine learning. Mm -hmm. uh, smart compose, which is a feature where the AI will recommend sentences for you when you type in an email. So you type the first couple of words, and then it will start coming up with suggestions. So it's similar to autocomplete. Yeah, but more extreme. Yeah. Okay. And uh, they're um, kind of announcing the new Android version. Well, kind of releasing it. They. Uh, They've released a, a beta version on the uh, developer free preview forum. It's uh, Android P called. That's what you do when you go to the bathroom. No, he doesn't. He's a robot. Um, I think the, the biggest one I've saw was um, Google Duplex. That's the biggest reveal. Yeah, that's the uh, the assistant that's going to have manners and the ability to make a natural phone call. Oh, that's that's assistant. Uh, assistant's the... Um... Google Duplex is an assistant feature. Mm-hmm. That's for making That's the phone the, call. Yeah, that is the feature that makes the phone call. Jay. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm just looking on a bit further in the article here, and it's saying that they've partnered with some of the food food chains out there, including Starbucks, Domino, Domino's, and Dunkin' Donuts, to streamline food pick, pick, food line pickup. Um, okay. Does it does this mean that we'll see that 
Google has cornered the market with the police. <laughs> the police and the hipsters. <laughs> go, go get your coffee and donuts quicker. <laughs> uh, they, but then there are some... Um, there are some features in Google that have been overhauled as well as Google Maps been overhauled. That's always been overhauled. We've got six new voices. Oh, John Legend's voice. Who were you saying before? Johnny Legend, yeah. John Legend, not Johnny. Fair, fair point. Fair. For all those um, people who are... Don't, uh, don't let him hear that or he might come after you. For all those, <laughs> all those people out there wanting to slap the DJ, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> There's even... Um, yeah. We've got the master password to the server room, so you can't hide from us. <laughs> There's even um, Chromebooks will have Linux support. I just saw something where someone was doing something so that um, Google Apps have got a, some of the Google Apps stuff is coming up with an entire, I think it was Linux or one of those other server programs is being used to create an entire whole new support network for um, Android technology. Cool. I can't remember where I read that too much reading i think this week in today this week in general tech companies have been busy i mean not only google has been busy um just today um boston dynamics has been busy as well with um the spot with with the spot mini apparently um boston dynamics are planning to sell them what would be terrifying is boston dynamics teaming up with google and putting their like google assistant and ai and stuff into spot mini (laughs) Spot already knows how to open doors. Just out of bit of Google, and we have the ultimate assassin. <laughs> I, I like can the see, idea. I, I can see DARPA creating a prototype right now. What do you mean? They might already. They've probably already got it. Yeah, they probably already. Do. Anyway, the um, it probably doesn't run on legs like Spot Mini. It probably has wheel or treads. They're just more reliable at the moment. But I am impressed with uh, the Boston Dynamics stuff. Would you buy one? Uh, how much are they at the moment? Uh, they haven't announced the prices yet, but um, they said that it will likely come out, begin selling next year. Okay. I probably can't afford one. But if I had like a million bucks and a nice house that had a, a big yard for it to play in, then I probably would. Although they're saying that the the businesses, that they, they might sell it to businesses for use as a camera-equipped security guards. Yeah. yeah. Though... Um, didn't they have one of them at some hotel somewhere and it committed suicide in the pool? <laughs> it did? Yeah, they had a, uh, a drone that could, um, like, a uh, person-sized drone of some sort that was designed as a security bot to just drive around and it uh, drove into the swimming pool. Okay. Um, I don't remember hearing that story anymore. Anyway. Maybe it was pushed. Could have been murder. <laughs> mm. oh, like, kill- was, it, was it in America? Ah, uh, yes, I think so. Most most likely murder then. <laughs> you remember that uh, hitchhiking robot? They got yeah. We were talking about the other week. Last yeah, week, that one we talked about last week. I think yeah, it got halfway across America and then some idiot speeded up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Such a disappointment. Uh-huh. Actually, talking about droids and so forth, and we we spoke last week about the um, expansion of uh, the delivery bot system from one of the companies. Um, apparently. San Francisco doesn't like tech. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I have to admit I was quite shocked at this, but um, tech founders are taking their self-driving food delivery robots out of San Francisco to go to cities where they're more, they feel more welcome. Uh, it's probably because the, uh, the San Francisco, I'd say hipsters who don't want whatever mass-produced 
trap they put on the robots. They want their organic homemade kombucha. <laughs> no, no. Um, apparently, a lot of people are complaining about startup companies and so forth, and then issues with transport and everything like that. So San Francisco has brought about the most restrictive regulations on delivery bots, and this is this is the the, town, the city with people who are protesting wearing yellow t-shirts or something because they've got all those electric scooters now available. So they're not even having to use their legs. Wow. Except to stand there. Uh, the funny thing is this is the home of Google. Oh. So there's kind of, kind of an interesting twist there. Yeah. Anyway. What, but where would they go? AI. Oh, sorry. What are you saying, DJ? Uh, but where would they go? I would like to Anywhere. see. I, I don't think as a like startup, Team, you'd want to be in San Francisco yeah. because it's so saturated. Yeah. Seattle would is a, be in the market area. Yeah. Um, I what surprises me is why so many um, so many tech companies start up in those cities instead of starting up somewhere where the rent is cheap. Oh, with San Francisco, it's because the labor force is cheap because they've got so many illegal immigrants. Okay. Like, but yeah, there was I, I saw a documentary uh, interview or something where they were talking with. Um, about all the issues where Donald Trump was saying about wanting to deport all the illegal immigrants out of America and all that. And they were talking to different people in different areas. And they had a, a few of them from San Francisco who said, all of our restaurants would close because if we didn't have illegal workers, because we couldn't afford to. <laughs> and, and why, why should we be paying more taxes when they're already so exorbitantly high and we're not getting proper roads? And I just sat there in complete amazement at the person was because Hey, you know, if you actually paid people who are paying taxes on the wages that are in, you'd have better roads and you'd be paying less taxes. Yep. And if your business can't operate without illegal immigrants, then they don't deserve to be because they're not paying all the proper stuff. Yeah, if, especially if they're being exploitive to uh, the immigrants. Well, that's down, well, from the tone of what you're saying, they must be because yeah, they'll be paying below the award wage and they're not having to pay all the insurance and everything else like for retirement funds and whatnot. So they're exploiting them. Yep. And apparently um, that lady was, her, like her family came to America. So she's wow. been through it all and now she's exploiting them. <laughs> the irony. <laughs> it, the American yep. dream. Anyway, speaking of AI, our next topic is a doom AI that creates uh, new levels for a, how old is it now? Like 20, 23, uh, 20 years old? I remember playing this when I was young. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 2024. Yeah, I think it came out in uh, 93. Yes, it did. I remember playing in high school. And was... we now know how old Bucky is. <laughs> Bucky showing, our, showing his age. Well, I'm not ashamed of it. I managed to live long enough to get to my age. I'm proud of that. Sooner or later... I'd to be a grumpy old man. <laughs> Sooner or later, Bucky will be saying, hurry up, you whippersnappers. I already do. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this new um, AI technology, the... What was done was they had um, an AI that was trained to design new levels, and they actually had two two systems that were operating against each other, where one was trying to create them, and another one was trying to actually operate and play on it. So yeah, they had the generator and the discriminator were pitted against each other. Cool. With the first attempting to trick the second. So yeah, apparently they've used the data from a thousand levels created by the wider gaming community, and yeah. Apparently, it took 36,000 iterations for the network to generate something playable. So if we combine that with the Spot Robot and Google AI, we have got an assassin who knows how to read a map. Yeah. 
and knows how to operate a super shotgun. Because <laughs> I think uh, I think um, yeah, uh, Doom also has its own built-in um, level creation. It's called the Snap Map. Right? That's so, uh, for the new one. Though. So is it, the so is, original Doom is what we're talking about here. No, uh, yeah. I wonder if that soft. I wonder if that um, AI will will be compatible with the new Doom level creation. Uh, you'd have to rewrite my code to get it to generate files that the new Doom could read. But I imagine you could keep the uh, well, you could keep the sort of the learning for the original. And I don't know if you'd be able to uh, tie that in though. But if you could, that would be really interesting. You'd get Doom style levels, in Doom twenty sixteen. <laughs> Actual Doom in Doom. <laughs> yep. Cre- creating a new level. It's called Doom and Gloom. That was terrible. <laughs> hey, puns are supposed to be terrible. Not that terrible. <laughs> like people, people are, that aren't, aren't even hearing this are, are throwing up. <laughs> did you hear about the Ebola outbreak? That was what your pun did. <laughs> you mean the new one that's coming out? <laughs> yes, of course. And the new one that's coming. It's not a bloody movie. <laughs> There's a new outbreak. There's a new Ebola outbreak in Congo. Yes. Uh, uh, anyway. Anyway, yep. Thank you for that, Bucky. Just took out his voice um, there, folks. Sorry. So, what's the story with BMW? Um, BMW. I have to say, I quite impressed with a lot of things, but. A car stalling with safety issues is a problem. Um, apparently, BMW is extending a recall after there's been complaints on their... It's actually quite a list of cars. You've got 312,000 vehicles that are being recalled from between. And, yeah, it's quite... Originally, it was only 36,000. Yeah, it's now bumped up to 312,000 cars over safety where it's stalling and so forth. And there's also some issues with their motorbikes too. I'm not a uh, a car expert. That sounds like a bug in their uh, engine management software though. Um, From what I can see, it's apparently something to do with an electrical fault that also causes its um, brake lights to fail, resulting in installing on a dark road. Oh, lovely. So... Like that's just one of the issues that with one particular incident, but yeah. Ah, yes. Um, looking at the article here, they've uh they started the recall after there were two fatalities. Four drivers. Um, a couple of people from the UK swerved to avoid a broken down BMW and hit a tree. And they've uh, done an investigation and found out that lots of other cars have issues. I ha- I have to admit, when I first heard about it was something to do with the lights and all that. I thought it was a, they it was probably an issue with the indicator. Someone actually found where it was and started using okay. the first, first BMW driver in history to use a indicator. <laughs> probably scared someone, but um, yeah, there's this and there's all, as I said, like apparently there's um, a massive recall on the motorbikes as well. That's another article, and yeah, UK's Driver and Vehicle Standards Agency uh, actually quite upset because it, BMWs failed to actually go and discuss that with them and so forth and some of us that's the reason why that's led to the death of the person involved and the english are going yeah looking at this they uh recalled five hundred thousand cars just in the us in 13 um oh no sorry i read that wrong they recalled five hundred thousand cars worldwide in uh 2013 so that um sounds like they're not doing too well recently um well they recalled yeah five hundred thousand cars in the us as what 
well as Australia, Canada. Yeah, so uh, am I reading that right? That means world overall. No, no, no. 500,000 500, in the US alone. Oh, okay. That. That's even worse. Then. And then as well as in Australia, Canada. Very ambiguous article. Yeah. BBC One. You need to get someone to fix that. Fix that. Um, yeah. That's a scary article, though. That many cars on the road being um, recalled. Wasn't there a similar case to this with um, Mazda and Toyota? Uh, that was the airbags case, mm-hmm. which um, they... to me is less terrifying because they... that's mostly only the one car that's affected, not it's stopping randomly in front of all the other cars. Mm. <laughs> and they actually went and made sure everyone knew about it as soon as the issue came up. They didn't have it and then tr- and not try and discuss it with the authorities and so forth. They actually made sure that they were chasing after it in an appropriate manner to let everyone know. So, whereas in this case here, BMW has apparently tried to not go and discuss with the authorities. So, yeah. So this is going to be like the um, Volkswagen case then, which is the same with, with, with the same pre- pretext in terms of. Volkswagen hid it from the authorities and they faced no, a lot of... I, I think you need to stop there because one was about emissions, it's about a safety. Yeah. And what you're, what you're starting to say is very dangerous to libel. So we, we apologise for the mis- misunderstanding and confusion from the droid. Please do not sue us, BMW. Uh, but... Don't start, don't start talking. You're just can, a can... deeper. Con- conjecture and so forth about criminal activity is a dangerous thing to do. I hate it when we get people in the media doing it. We're not allowing it here. They make us mute you. We will do it. Anyway, moving on, on the topic of moving things, smart luggage has been banned from traveling in aircraft because the battery, and it's driven the company Blue Smart. Who, are they the same ones we talked about last week? No, that's I, a different. Nah, it's a different one. It's a different one. Okay. Yeah, it's a different well, one. Well, the company Blue Smart has had to shut down because the design of their uh, their smart luggage means that you're not able to remove the battery pack, and okay. the um, other other companies apparently make models that you can remove the battery easily. So I, I don't understand why they design. haven't modified the. Ca- yeah. Yeah, I, I was just thinking, why don't they just do a quick design? modification to allow the battery to be removed but that's apparently um i i have to admit i was i was thinking further about technology when you were saying about the fact this has been closed down and i can see one of the um american arms companies buying this to use it as a platform for following police or troops in situations and carrying ammunition and whatnot that would be or as a weapons platform or Use it for medics for carrying medical supplies or bodies. Yeah, the um, it's actually sort of covered in the game Armor Three. One of the mm. uh, futuristic pieces of tech is a um, remote-operated vehicle, basically a drone, but it's designed as a cargo vehicle, not for uh, carrying people. Mm-hmm. So the uh, intended use is for stuff like carrying ammo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm I'm just looking at this and like because it uses an app to follow your phone so they could modify it to follow some other um, beacon that a person carries and it cuts down on the amount of weight that a soldier has to carry in a combat situation or a police officer has to carry going into certain situations and even more important a paramedic who's running through an area able to carry extra medical supplies to get into remote areas the uh, the vehicle's big enough having a uh, 
stretcher. A yeah, a stretcher, and you can load like an armored compartment. You can load a patient in and then send it home. Yeah, well, that's yeah, like and remote rescues where they're out on trails. I'm sure they can beef up the wheels on these things so they can go off into off-road areas. Yep. And if anyone actually takes this idea and makes it as a marketable thing, please just buy me a couple of pizzas and <laughs> a new laptop or something like that. <laughs> You'd be making billions of dollars out of it. So I'm sure you can afford to buy us some pizzas and some laptops. Yep. Amazon will be, <laughs> will be surely buying that tech. Well, Amazon's already got something similar in their warehouses. Yeah. Um, they don't actually have a traditional warehouse where the people walk up and down the aisles to pick items anymore. That not on the same same scale. They've got some of that happening still, but most of their warehouses now the inventory sits on special pods that actually go to the picker to save time. Yeah, so I think as soon as they they're picking an order, the um, bits and pieces for that order start moving to that person, and they can they take the items they require, and then the pods move off to the next person with an order for that item or back to storage. Yeah, I think um, Bucky was saying that um, last week as well when it comes to the delivery robots as well, how the BMW factory... Was it BMW? Um, yeah. yeah, I wasn't saying about... With, uh, they've got um, little droids that are delivering stuff around the place. But um, yeah, like I'm, I was just looking at this, the idea of this smart luggage. The whole applications of this technology is just... It's phenomenal. The potentials are endless. The potentials are endless. Because you could even actually attach this to um, a drone aspect to it. Like they've got drones that are carrying larger and larger weights. So you could actually have a drone that tracks a, a, a technology, a, a beacon from a person. So for remote rescues, you have a rescue, rescuer going into an area and the drone comes in to home in on that on the beacon that they've got. And it has all the medical supplies and stretchers and whatnot. And you can yeah, put, that would put save a, a lot of weight for the rescuers as well. Yeah. Well, you have, you probably have to carry it as part of the helicopter and whatnot, but it, it increases the ability for them to get into remote areas and rescue someone without the risk of the uh, line tangling and whatnot and being able to get in and out quicker. So you can have a, a larger helicopter that sit in a, in a safer position and you have one, one or two people that go down to do whatever they need to and the drone comes in you put the put the injured person or whatever into a special capsule and takes them back up inside a larger helicopter and they're able to get medical attention up there a bit quicker but because you're able to have more people inside a larger aircraft yeah yeah that'd be cool reminds me of it reminds me of terminator salvation if any of you guys saw that movie yeah seen it but um just yeah the, the the whole premise of that technology I can just seem hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. 
so many other applications. So I don't, I can't, I think it's stupid that they close down. They're just, they're giving up too soon. Yeah. I wonder what's going on in the background. I reckon they'll find a benefactor. They'll find another benefactor. And yeah. You, no, uh, they've sold out to um, the company Travel Pro. Oh. So yeah, they're, they're moving on to something else. Yeah. They're ditching this and going somewhere else, which is a shame because all these ideas, where if they just thought of it in a different manner rather than just lugging, it's yeah. sad. Sorry. It's the death of a company uh, when you don't when you when you're being barred by legal work. Well, it's, well, it's not even just that. It's they're, they're they're giving up at a crossroad instead of thinking, well, okay, we can't go there. What else can we do? They're they're, they're abandoning tech that can have world changing implications. Yeah. With just minor modifications, like they already got a suitcase that's made out of armored plastic running around the place following people. Okay, so let's boost up the size of that suitcase into being a capsule that's a stretcher or two in it and you can have it with and all the medical supplies you can carry people in it for a paramedic yep Pretty presto cut down on all that getting about the place quicker but anyway uh since we're speaking of travel our next topic is norway uh, norway where they are making the fjords the world's first zero emission zone and are banning combustion fueled vehicles from uh from the fjords i have to say i like that idea. yeah I do too. I've been to the uh, fjords and they're absolutely stunning. But uh, apparently if you go there at the wrong time of year, the um, the smog from the ships just fills them up. Mm-hmm. Although that would that'd be a bit problematic in, in a sense of um, cutting down the number of people getting there. No. This is, this is one of the first major ocean-going nations. Like with when you start looking at Norway and Sweden and so forth, they, they really took ocean-going to it. A whole new level with how they did things. Yeah, this yeah is, the Vikings did just everywhere. Saying, this is just saying, hey, you know what? We've, we've, we've got to step up. We're being appropriate and world-leading in green technology and every other area of our life. Let's step it up on this as well now. So it's just, yeah, it's literally it's just the next step of the evolution. Like, they've got all-electric ferries to help cut emission. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah but... I'd, I'd be excited to see that, especially because... Um... Uh, an all-electric ferry it sounds off the unbelievable would be so much technology the weight of the battery and all that but i'd be really excited to actually the um see that ferry um, it'd be so much quieter as well yeah and i'd love to see scaled up to a, a cruise ship even if it's just uh for short hops around the coast like the uh well like the tour ship through the fjords well they're already using well they have been using electric electric technology for driving ocean-going vessels when you look at submarines and so forth. So the conventional submarines that Australia uses have uh, electric yeah, right. drive systems. They don't operate for ridiculously extended periods of constant operation because you can't have a solar panel underwater, whereas these are looking at having solar panels on the roof or something to help generate electricity. Um, but, yeah, like you could also have um, tidal flow generation stuff on the side of the boats to help push yeah. extra electricity in so as it's driving along it's generating power as well sort of a uh energy recovery yeah like electric cars i got it for when they break that it start it stores yeah. energy oh that would be cool actually uh yeah you could reverse the um the drivetrain and turn the, the props uh generators to slow the ship down hmm. well also um with the well they reverse the um pitch it's called when they change the speed speed in the rotational direction which is what they used to 
for the all all engines back to slow the the vessel down. But um, we po- I posted on the um, Facebook page about the little camping tidal flow generator you chuck in a creek. You could have yep. something like that on the side, like in a larger size. So you could have a number of those at along the side of the vessel at towards the front, capturing the flow of the water as it's moving through, pumping electricity back into it as it's driving. Okay. I think I've just, I think I've just come up with another major idea for you wanted a you wanted a um, cruise ship that's electric. That's how you do it. Speaking of um, fa- speaking of electric ferries and um, transportation, you guys ever remember the old hovercraft ferries? They're still going. Uh, the ones from Sydney? No, wait, those no, no, no. they were hydrofoils. They were hydrofoils. The hovercraft. Um, well, I think I'm not sure. I think they're still going, aren't they? They used to have them running between England and Europe. Cool. Um, these were like massive, massive vehicles. They used to carry a couple of hundred people in cars. So, and I know Russia's still using um, hovercraft technology as troop deployments. Um, yeah, so they're still being used. Could you still could you could you see them being used on on Norway as well though? Um, not in well, I'm I'm because they for an extended operation you've got to have a massive amount of electricity like a massive amount of power to drive those so yeah the, the batteries and so forth required for that could be pretty interesting that'll um, be a good combination but you would be limited on the um opportunity for power generation there to only solar power or wind power because you got to cut down on the drag and all that sort of stuff although yeah. there is like a hover plane like a cross between a plane and a boat where it goes at a, a low distance just above the surface. Yeah, of the that's water. Uh, a hydrofoil. No, no, no. It's actually free of the um, water. Okay. It, actually get, it actually gets lift. I actually had an idea like that oh, when I was a younger. Chrono, yeah, a chronoplane. Yeah. Um, I had an idea like that when I was younger, and I was sitting there, and I was working on it with a friend. And we actually built a scale model where we got a uh, remote control boat, and we got a toy hand glider. And we managed to mount it on the top, and yeah, we actually got it to work. And the boat was skipping along, and it was just the actual motor touching the the water itself, and everything else was free. And yeah, we got a huge sense with that thing. Okay, yeah, there's an old um Soviet chronoplane called the I think it's called the Baltic Sea Monster, or maybe the Black Sea Monster. But okay. uh, the issue is that. Uh, they're really only effective on very smooth water. Yeah, no, there's um a new one that's um coming out that I've seen. You mean the Caspian Sea Monster? Yes, that's the one. The um, there's cro- a new one I've, I've seen somewhere. Um, I'm not sure what it's called. Is it a boat? Is it um fly ship? Twenty six million. Only thing on only links like YouTube, but and it's only an artist render. But um, I have actually seen one that's actually a real operating unit. You mean the picture of a uh, that looks like a blimp? No, I just think you will. Oh, wow, that's a pretty. That's, uh, looks interesting. Yeah. Uh... And there go my eardrums because the music came on at full volume. Yeah, sorry about that. It did the same to me. So most on. of these just look like concept. I oh, know there is a at the end of the video. There's a actual photo. Yeah, there's um there are actual ones that are operating. Like there's one that um. Airfish is um, one is the one I've seen that's actually operating. So okay, it apparently only carries eight pad at the moment, but you could scale up the size of the pro- product to cover all. Yeah, that's um, I've got a link here to a video of the airfish, so I'll put that there to add to the show notes. Mm-hmm. Nice. 
Anyway, uh, since we're talking about clear skies, our next topic is the ABC's World Record Stargazing Night. DJ, that's your topic, so what have you got to say about it? And also well, the Space Agency, actually. Ah, yes, yeah, so um, as we all know, the, uh, our country had recently the federal budget. Many people whinged and whined about, cringed at the reports, but an interesting detail came out, and that is... The government is um, announcing $41 million in funding a space um, agency and uh, for the next four years. Yeah, well, you've got to build. you got to buy the land and build buildings and start building spaceships. Yeah, we did have a, uh, a bit of a space program here many years ago based out of uh, Woomera. Mm-hmm. I've driven past the, uh, the ruins of it, but there were actual launch site launch sites built on the uh, the salt lake it unfortunately was, um, they're all torn down now because uh the big issue of launching from australia is that we're a long way south and that makes it hard to get into the most common orbits or satellites because i remember there was a aerospace company that wanted to build a launch site for launching satellites and so forth at one point from in australia and one of the areas they're looking at was once again kakadu and they yep, wanted to be... buy, buy a large area of land there and level it and concrete it and launch rocket. Although um, Electron is based out of New Zealand and they have a successful site. Mm. The, the, the feasibility of it is there. Um, or the old um, space missions where they put men on the moon and so forth for the US had to incorporate a lot of networking with different countries, which included Australia, um, the Parkes Telescope. Yeah. Uh, radio telescope was paramount to operating those programs um if you ever watch that movie the, the dish they actually do that there in, in between playing cricket in the dish <laughs> good movie by the way it was a good yeah, movie it's a lot of fun I've, yeah i've got to say I, I enjoy those some of those old movies more than do you guys want ones. do you guys want to know the breakdown of the uh, funding no yeah, uh, not really no uh, it's, it's there's not much there's not that much to cover anyway. Pun? No, there's not much to cover anyway, but yeah. Uh, no, so look. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a good step. It's a good step for Australia is uh, finally getting into the space race. You mean finally getting into Getting it. back in. We were in there. A lot of the top aerospace people in the world are actually Australian. I stand corrected. <laughs> but even though I think, yeah, it's as you as you guys are saying, it, it does put us back into the space race, and who knows, we might have the first Australian on the moon. Yeah, means boring. Go to Mars. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, actually, there are there are a couple of research groups in Australia for uh, space exploration stuff, and one of them is actually talking about building a base on the moon for as a staging point for sending missions to Mars because of the lower gravity and all that, it's easier to launch a rocket from the moon to go to Mars than yeah. it is from, from off of the Earth. And they were that some of the, te- the tech stuff that they were doing was they were taking um, moon dust to create bricks that were stronger than steel. Okay. And small amount of technology and hardware required to start doing that to, and then tunnel into the moon's surface so that you could be building most of the base below ground rather than on the surface where you got impact from meteorites is one of the major concerns. Yep. That was a that was actually a group of Australians who were doing that research and technology. So they had to simulate the moon dust, but had all the composition according to all the stats that they were able to get hold of. And you could literally 
yeah, the, these bricks were just ridiculously impressive and easy to make. So I reckon if they're going to go to Mars, go to the moon first. Let's have a, a, a space station on the moon, colonize there before we colonize. Actually, part of that I saw somewhere during the week. Someone was talking about firing thermonuclear warheads to Mars for terraforming. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. Because the, the nuclear uh, explosion puts yeah. dust and all that up in the atmosphere and so it starts trapping heat into it and all that sort of stuff. Yep. And creating a climate base and then launching ast- asteroids into the Mars surface to get extra water and so forth. So they instead of just a small, that's on the, the um, polar ice caps and whatnot. So, yeah. You wouldn't want to yeah, move there too soon with all the radioactivity. That only takes to go away, though. A couple of years. <laughs> yeah. Haven't you, haven't, you, haven't you seen um, Godzilla? <laughs> oh, no. We're, we're, we're going to be messing with Martians that are truly Martians across with Godzilla. I can uh, see, uh, that would be not fun. That would be a terrifying end to humanity. <laughs> actually, we, if they do do that, they could actually be starting an intergalactic war. Could you ma- imagine a Mars attack in real life? Well, if you fire a thermonuclear warhead at them and they are hiding below the surface and camouflage so we can't see them, yeah, they're going to come back at us. Although I hope it's not going to be like Mars Attack the movie. I'm pretty sure there's more than that for an attack on from Mars. you got Martian Manhunter. Oh, yes. And he's not a hippie. Again with the Marvel Again with the Marvel I didn't say anything about Marvel (laughs) I just said he's not a hippie The subtlety is there It was subtle It's subtle It felt subtle I know that but I'm just surprised you picked up on it (laughs) Folks This is a proud day He's actually picking up on subtle insults (laughs) But you're going to stack around here in funny places. No, yeah. yeah. Anyway, moving on, moving on. Since we're talking <laughs> about space, the ABC's holding a world record stargazing attempt. Yes. Yeah, so um, on the 23rd of May, on Wednesday, so mm-hmm. um, people around Australia will be gathering around local parks and the places to break the world record attempt that most people stargazing at multiple venues. And it's uh, only between 7 and 10 p.m. Yeah. The previous, uh, the current world record was set in 2015 by ANU, and the number was 7,960 people across 37 locations. So they're trying to beat this record three years later. So I can, I can go with that. Australian beating, beating an Australian for a record is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, we're partnering, well, this time we're partnering up with ANU, Australian University, and we're going to break that, break the record. So. It's going to be held in all parts of Australia, from the Australian Capital Territory, ACTU, to New South Wales, Queensland, Northern Territory, South Australia, Tasmania, Victoria, all part, all states of Australia are going to be participating in. So all states and, all states and territories. So every everywhere that's in Australia is able to participate. Yep. Is that what the article says? Yep. What about the Cocos Islands? Well, they're an Australian protectorate, or are they a territory? Uh. No, I don't think they are a full territory. I mean, they're not on the uh, on the flag. Yeah, but the the flag doesn't also include the Solomon Islands and Torres Strait Islands. Oh, yeah. and they're classified or, uh, as Macquarie well, territories. Is that, a, is that a, a like just an island or is it a territory? So sure, I think. Okay. Um, but yeah, then you got territory. You got states that are still being called a territory. 
Yeah. Uh, anyways, guys, we've got uh, so we'll be we'll be hosting our own stargazing party over oh. at. Uh, indeed, we are. Buck has the info. Buck has the uh, info on that. Yeah, but we're not necessarily going to make it as a. So we, you, if you happen to bump into us, at the, you know who we are. Cool. But otherwise, yeah, go check out. Um, check out the link. You can host your own stargazing party. You just got to have a minimum of twenty-five people for it to actually be counted uh, towards it. Actually, don't uh, one of these links doesn't it say registrations have closed? Have they? Yeah, you can still register as a participant in existing star party, but you can't host it. Ah, oh, it's now closed. Yes. Oh, I didn't realize. But, well, you have to go to the website and actually register, like, go to one of the existing parties. And help mm. beat the record. And luckily, the nearest one is over at Roma Street Parklands. Seems like an odd place to because uh, all of the light blue. Yeah. Mm. But Which Dr. Is... Carl and Jimmy Giggle are going to be there. And we all know how much the DJ likes Jimmy Giggle. Because <laughs> I love to giggle a lot, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the tickets will be, um, tickets are at no, event. No <laughs> very funny. So the tickets vary from zero to $143. That's how much the tickets, guys. Tickets for what? For the, um, stargazing party. What do you get if you pay? So if, okay, so for example. Do you get Jimmy Giggles autograph? For the, uh, yeah, we might did, actually. Did, uh, did you get a belly rub from Jimmy Giggles? <laughs> Maybe if you're um, lucky, Hoot will be there as well. Oh, we, know how, we know how much you love that that male to male contact. Okay. No, I don't, what, is he going to be there too? <laughs> wow. Wow. He will, he will be on the Ryan's belt. Uh, anyway, so um, so if you want, so six dollars fifty for a single world record participant, which is uh, and you purchase one telescope, that's six dollars fifty. For the $165 one, you get a group world record participants and you get 20 telescopes. So they're providing telescopes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. $6.50. Yeah. For a single... Toy, if you, if... toy telescopes. Yeah. Plastic. Probably plastic with really shitty lenses. Mm-hmm. I just spent the afternoon building the uh, the telescope that my uh, my mum's guide group has. And I can't imagine it would be anywhere near the quality of that in that thing, 50 bucks. Well, if you go to the Facebook Marketplace, there are a couple of telescopes, and they cost around like a hundred bucks. Okay, sixty to a hundred bucks. Do they have any droids? For them? Probably they might be. We might better get an upgrade. <laughs> Anyways, the um events, the uh, ticket pl- um per- places where to buy tickets will uh, will be posted on the show notes as well, and uh, it'll okay. be it'll be a fun it'll be a fun night. I reckon there will be a lot of people. There will be a lot of people that day. Okay, so. Buggy, who are our famous birthdays for the week? Famous birthdays for the week. We've actually got a pretty big list this week. Um, it's actually quite an impressive number of people who have done quite impressive things. Um, we, first up, we have Wilhelm Killing, the German mathematician, who I'm pretty sure the DJ scratched his head going, who? Do you know who d- he is, DJ? Nope. No nope. idea. Uh, you don't know... The guy, he, he made massive contributions to algebra and Euclidean geometry. There's actually a killing equation. It always stuck in my mind, the killing equation. <laughs> but yeah, um, and then there's also Fred Astaire, who is having his birthday. Irving Berlin, the songwriter for White Christmas. Um, for the art lovers of the community, we have Salvador Dali, 
and then there's the equal opportunity aspect of it. We have Natasha Richards had her but was her it's her birthday this week. Florence Nightingale and Catherine Hepburn. Ah, oh, she was a good act. She's a she was a good actor mm-hmm. And and an event of interest though. Um, just while I was looking at the birthdays and so forth, came across an event of interest. Um, nineteen thirteen this week. First four-engine aircraft built and flown by Igor Sikorsky of Russia. And Sikorsky is still one of the uh, world's biggest helicopter manufacturers. Yep. I don't know if they still make fixed wing, but they are still around. So you got a you got a, got a good list there of some majorly impressive people that have done some pretty big int- contributions to entertainment and science and humanity. And then you've got a fantastic advancement in technology with the four four engine plane so that's that's my shout outs for birthdays this week impressive very nice Thank yeah you. i found um looked up the wikipedia article on uh, sikorsky here they haven't made a proper fixed wing in 70 years but they are still in helicopter mm-hmm. just looking at um wilhelm killing on his on the wiki page wikipedia page um, just there's some of some of the bits and pieces that he's with the theories and whatnot he came up with are still major groundbreaking things. Are still helping to solve other equations to, to this present day. So yeah, and he exhibited the character equation when he was only three, a, a massive like a real particular equation that was really hard when he was only three years old. Cool. So he was a- he was a prodigy from when he was young. That, that, that's an achievement big three years whether or not he knew what he was doing or it was just he was just playing with some bits and pieces with crayons or whatnot but then again he is a german scientist we all know that that's russia were fighting each other at the end of world war ii yep the cold Operation war paperclip oh yes who could forget everyone that? was fight the russians and the Americans are fighting. My German Jewish scientist is better than your German Jewish. And the space race was was born as well. Anyway, that's all we have for tonight. Thanks for listening to us. And uh, the horrible noise that comes out of the DJ occasionally. Check us out on our That's Not Canon Productions website. Listen to our episodes every week. New episode every week. And old episodes if you want to listen to more of us somehow. <laughs> Leave us a Where comment and buy some merchandise so that we can afford to keep being unemployed people. <laughs> and get some oil into the, the DJ. So it's yep. less squeaky and more reliable. <sighs> and if you have any topics or feedback for us, you can contact us at nerds.amalgamated at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook at Nerds Amalgamated. We're also available on iTunes and Stitcher. And all of our topics this week will be included in the show notes below. We'll see you next week. See you guys. Good night. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.